Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Ed Marks has been kind enough to join us again today to fellowship about our life study of Genesis. And as always, Ed, it's very nice to have you back. It's good to be here again for another broadcast. Ed, our life study today in Genesis brings us to somewhat of a transition. Of course, we've been dealing for many, many programs now with Abraham. Today we begin to look at Abraham's son, Isaac. Before we get to that, I wonder... In several places in Scripture, God is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What is the significance of this particular title, and what does it imply? This is a marvelous revelation in the Word. What we see from Exodus 3, verses 14 through 15, is that God's name is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just by this name of the triune God, this shows us that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are one corporate person with three sections. And these three sections show us the complete work of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit operating in the Christian believer to carry him all the way from justification into the glory of the triune God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob show us the complete experience of the Christian life. With Abraham, what you see is God the Father calling man, justifying man, equipping man to live by faith, and to live in fellowship with man. With Isaac, we see God the Son blessing man with the inheritance of all his riches. And we also see that Isaac lived a life of the enjoyment of God's abundance and a life of peace. Then with Jacob, we see God the Spirit working in all things for the good of his lovers, transforming man and making man mature in the divine life, that man may be able to bless all the people, rule over all the earth, and feed all the people with God the Son as their life supply. So the experience of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, again, shows us the experience of one corporate person with three sections. And these three sections are the section of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. The full experience of the triune God in our Christian life for the building up of the body of Christ. And thank you for that introduction. Let's join Witness Lee. We come to the second aspect, that is the experience of Isaac. In the spiritual experience of life, there is an aspect. That is the aspect of enjoyment. I do believe all of us 
and the pious have heard some messages always telling you that a Christian life should be suffering life. I wouldn't say this is wrong. I would say this is altogether right. But right just in one aspect. There is another aspect. The aspect of enjoyment. I tell you, if you ask me what the meaning of the word grace, Grace, in the biblical meaning, means enjoyment. Grace is the enjoyment in our Christian life. The Christian life does not only have one aspect. It has three aspects. The aspect of Abraham, the aspect of Isaac, and the aspect of Jacob. In the aspect of Abraham, you couldn't see much enjoyment. In all his life, you can see the aspect of loss. I shouldn't say the aspect of suffering. Probably he didn't suffer so much, but surely he lost a lot. He lost everything. God has no intention to keep us in loss. But his intention is to bring us into the enjoyment, into the very grace. But the trouble is this. The grace is here, but there is the frustration of grace. Do you know what is the frustration of grace? The frustration of grace is you. Why we need to have Abraham representing the first aspect of the experience of life. Then we have Isaac, because Abraham shows us that to enjoy God's grace, to have the full enjoyment of God's riches, we have to be Davids. We have to be Calaf. We have to be circumcised. If Abraham was never circumcised, Isaac would never come. Whenever you suffer a loss, whenever you suffer dealing with by God, at the same time, you have some enjoyment. Don't you? On the one hand, you suffer some dealing. But on the other hand, you felt so good something not bad, something so good. That is the experience of Isaac. And in today's message, two items of experience that seem initially totally opposite are joined together. In Abraham and Isaac, we see both suffering and enjoyment. Share more with us along this line. Yes, in our Christian life, suffering and enjoying Christ as everything go together. Uh, In Vine's Expository Dictionary, Vine tells us that grace is something that causes pleasure or delight. And we know it says that grace came through Jesus Christ. Actually, grace is the person of Christ himself. It's God in Christ as the Spirit dispensed into us for our enjoyment. 
Now, in our Christian experience, we go through many trials, tribulations, and sufferings. In the midst of those sufferings, we need to be those who enjoy Christ. We could see this in the lives of Abraham and Isaac. You can see in Abraham's life that there was the suffering of loss. Lot caused him suffering. Ishmael caused him suffering. He was uh, put under a test by the Lord to offer up Isaac. He lost Sarah, his wife. But with his son Isaac, you see the enjoyment of the abundance of God's provision. We can see that this matter of suffering and enjoyment go together when we look at the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul asked the Lord to remove a thorn from him in 2 Corinthians 12. Well, the Lord's answer to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you. What we can see from this is that in the New Testament economy and in our Christian experience, there is no thornless grace. The thorn and the grace go together. And I would like to share something with our listeners that has helped me a lot, and this is from Brother Watchman Nee. He said that one time he was encountering a great trial in his personal life, and the Lord showed him a picture of a boat going down a river and a boulder stopping the way of that boat in the midst of that river. And the Lord just asked Brother Nee, do you want me to remove the boulder or do you want me to increase the level of the water? Well, this answer from the Lord to Watchman Nee shows that the Lord Jesus is not in the boulder-removing business. He is in the grace-increasing business. So there may be obstacles in our life, sufferings and trials, which we would like to see removed. But many times the Lord allows them to remain because what he wants to do is he wants to increase the level of grace within our being. He wants to increase the level of our enjoyment of Christ in the midst of our sufferings and trials. Ed, if we really see this, it will redirect a lot of our prayers, I believe. Let's rejoin Witness Lee with more of today's life study. Today, when God called him, God didn't say, Abraham, you have to lose yourself, then I will come to you as your grace. As your enjoyment. God didn't say this. God called him with good promises. Uh, Promises full of blazing. In the New Testament, the word grace somewhat equals to the word blazing in the Old Testament, not exactly. The difference between blazing and grace. If God gives you something free, which you don't deserve, that is blessing. But when this blessing is routed into a being, this blessing becomes grace. According to God's clear word, we could say that in the Old Testament time, grace was not there. Because Jesus Christ has not come yet. Jesus was not there. So grace was neither there. When Jesus came, grace came. Then what is this grace? This grace is just God in Christ. Right into our being. 
to live for us, to do things for us, and to work for us. God in Christ wrought into our being to do things for us, to work for us, even to live for us. This is grace. I can prove to you from the New Testament in an adequate way. For instance, Paul says, "I am what I am because of the grace of God." It is by the grace of God that I am what I am. This word is quite deep. He didn't say, "By the grace of God, I have what I have. I have a good wife by the grace of God. I have a good car by the grace of God. I have a good job by the grace of God." No, no, no. Not by the grace of God, I have what I have, but. By the grace of God, I am what I am. He even didn't say, "By the grace of God, I do what I do. I work what I work." No, it is not a matter of having. It is not a matter of doing. It is not a matter of working. But it is a matter altogether of being. I am what I am by the grace of God,、Amen. and this means what? This means the very grace is the very God wrought into me to be my being. So eventually he says, "It is no more I, but the grace of God." You have a sister verse. Galatians two twenty. It is not I, but Christ that lives in me. You put these two verses together, you can see what is grace. Grace is just Christ living in you. It is not I, but the grace of God. It is not I, but Christ that lives in me. Grace is not something outside of you. Grace is a person, is a divine person. God Himself in Christ wrought into a being to be you. This is grace. God doesn't need you to love others. God doesn't need your humility to improve the society. What God wants. Is to work himself into you, to be your humility. What God wants is that you would say, "Lord, I'm nothing, so I wouldn't do anything. I'm just open to you, Lord. I'm just open to you. Get in and dwell here, and make your home here, and live here." And do everything for me. You live, I enjoy your living. And in Isaac, we really see the matter of grace. And regarding this grace, we're presented with Paul's word in the New Testament. Let me ask you about the subtle but very profound difference we see between Paul's word that by grace I am what I am, and not. By grace, I have what I have. There is a profound difference between these two statements. To say by grace I have what I have 
is a wrong concept. That means we consider grace as having something to do with outward blessing. For instance, some some people would say, "Oh, by the Lord's grace, I have a wonderful wife," or "By the Lord's grace, I have a good job," or "By the Lord's grace, I have a nice car." This is not grace and has nothing to do with grace. We need to see that in the New Testament, the Lord is not concerned with outward blessings. In Ephesians 1:3, Paul tells us that God the Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In the New Testament, all the blessings are spiritual. So Paul did not say by grace I have what I have. He said by grace I am what I am. And what we've seen is that grace is a wonderful person. Grace is God in Christ as the Spirit dispensed into our being to do things for us, to work for us, and to live for us. In other words, grace is God himself wrought into our being to be our being, to be our constituent. So Paul said, by grace I am what I am. For this, we need to compare 1 Corinthians 15.10 with Galatians 2.20. In 1 Corinthians 15.10, Paul said, I labor, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. In Galatians 2.20, he said, Not I, but Christ lives in me. When you put these two verses, you can see that grace is actually Christ living in us, working in us, and dispensed into us to become us, so that for us to live is Christ. This is the profound meaning that Paul meant when he say, by grace I am what I am. Ed, let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study. Grace is just the divine person of the triune God. Today, as the spirit of grace indwelling our spirit. This is grace. Grace is the spirit of grace indwelling our spirit for us to enjoy. We enjoy him as life. We enjoy him as everything. We even enjoy him as our living. This is grace. This is why near at the end of every epistle, it says, Grace be with you. Grace be with you all. All the grace of Christ and the love of God and the communion or the fellowship of the Spirit be with you. This is not something outside of you. This is something living. You may term it the spirit of grace. You may term it the grace of life. Something living, something divine in your spirit. We do have such a living reality, which is the divine person of the time God in our spirit. He is now our grace. He is now our enjoyment. When he loves others, Through us, this loving is our enjoyment. Then why we should suffer? Just because ourselves is here. So this has to be dealt with. Praise Him. 
No dealing with is in vain. Every dealing from God is a breaking of this natural man that we may enjoy more of himself as our grace. This is grace. So you have Abraham and Isaac. So you have the suffer of loss and you have the enjoyment of gain. And the gain not of outward things, but the gain of the inward indwelling one. That is the spirit of grace and the grace of life. Whatever God gives to us, if this gift remains outside of us, that is the most the blessing. When this gift would be routed into our being to become a life element in our being, this is grace. This was the reason that in the Old Testament you had a lot of blessings. God gave a lot of things to his people, but all those things were just outward blessings. None of the things had ever got into God's people until Christ came. Christ came not only to die on the cross for us, and after his death, he became the life-giving spirit entering into our being. So in the New Testament, you do have such a term in Christ, and Christ in you. Now, he is in us, and we are in him. Whatever God gives us in Christ has been wrought in our being. And this has become grace. We are not now under the blessing, but now we are in the grace. The blessing is not just over us, but the grace is in us. What are you enjoying, brothers? Blessing? Our grace. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. You read your New Testament. Not in one book. At the end, it says, Blessing be with you. Now, it says, Grace be with you. Okay. Ed, we have spent much time in several programs now comparing blessing and grace, and you've referred to it in this program. But I think that we may have had a defining description in this last portion by Witness Lee. Would you comment on the understanding that blessing is something given by God that remains outside of us, and grace is that which is given by God inwardly and ultimately wrought into us? Yes, we need to see this difference. And as believers in Christ, what we really should desire is what God desires, What God wants to bless us with ultimately is himself. The unique blessing in this universe is the triune God embodied in Christ, realized as the all-inclusive spirit. And I would like to say again, in the Old Testament, the blessings were outward and physical. But all these outward and physical blessings in the Old Testament are pictures of the New Testament reality. We can see in Galatians 3.14 what the unique blessing in the New Testament is. 
In Galatians 3.14, Paul tells us that the real blessing of Abraham is the Spirit himself. The Spirit, the life-giving Spirit, who is the reality of Christ, who is the embodiment of the triune God, is the unique blessing in the New Testament. This again shows us the unique blessing in the New Testament is the triune God himself embodied in Christ and realized as the Spirit dispensed into our spirit to be our enjoyment. This is why Paul says at the end of Philippians, he says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He didn't say blessing be with your spirit, but grace be with your spirit. And this grace is actually the Lord himself because 2 Timothy 4.22 says, the Lord be with your spirit. So what is grace? If we put these two verses together, we see that grace is Christ as the spirit of grace indwelling our spirit for us to enjoy and experience to the uttermost. God's intention and God's desire is to bless us with himself as grace. And grace is Christ as the spirit of grace indwelling us and dispensed into us to be our enjoyment and to be our everything so that we can be built up to be the body of Christ and express him in this universe. Ed, thank you for your fellowship today. We need God's blessing, but much more we need him as grace. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.